I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit, the final countdown. We have 24 days to go. It's been a while since we last convened and this week we are joined by a huge fan of the podcast and an esteemed colleague, Thomas Hunt, video news editor for Express.co.uk and an all-round Brexit sage. Hello. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) It's also Pancake Day and I'm giving up making awful jokes in the intro for Lent, so let's do it. It has been a while, as I mentioned. Last time we were on air, we were talking about the Morehouse Compromise, which does feel a little ancient. Yeah, so a lot has happened, but nothing has really changed. No, although... <laughs> Correct me, or tell <laughs> although, me what I, I do, and I will probably regret saying this, I do think we are as close to a plan as we've been at Ever. any point in the process. Okay, what, what plan? An extension? Well, so next week's votes... I think will have settled the minds around. I think everyone has pretty much looked at them and thought, okay, they will decide what happens by the end of the month. I mean, there is speculation about an extension, about having, uh, about Theresa Theresa May's deal passing. Mm. But I think actually it seems to have calmed a lot of people who... What, the the, the focusing our minds on the fact that we are about 24 days away from... Yes. This drastic change in our national, think, whatever you call it. <laughs> I think that may, but it's, it, there seems to be softening in various corners. Uh-huh. A bit like the, the ERG corner, so the European Research Group, who were the Brexiteers. Yeah. But I feel that we are coming to a point where the, the deal will be either signed or will be having an extension. Okay. Do you think they've softened? Because I thought we had like IDS and Rhys Mogg saying that we definitely shouldn't be taking no deal off the table and that it'd be irresponsible. Like, is that a softening of the ERG? So I don't know. The ERG, there seems to be a little bit of a split in the ERG group. So Mm -hmm. whereas before we probably had 50 people who were all rallying behind Rhys Mogg to deliver Brexit. Yeah. I think now we have an ERG group set up to analyse... Jeffrey Cox and Theresa May and what they come back with okay with the deal. and if they give the thumbs up it's a bit like the Pope and the smoke <laughs> I think they'll go into a room the eight of them will look over it and if they give the thumbs up I think the a large swathe of the ERG group will, vote, will, will on, vote this is Tuesday evening yes on Tuesday uh, on the 12th with her okay um Gosh, but okay. There are there are a group there that I think there's people like Andrea Jenkins, uh, John Redwood, who will just refuse flat out and have already voted. They voted against Theresa May last week. Yes, where the government were whipping in yeah. support. So oh, I, gosh. I think there is, and the the general tone at the end of last week from Rhys Mogg was, instead of we will not accept anything but the backstop being removed. It was, well, let's have a look. They're calming down. Because they wanted to, is this, because I was kind of reading this morning, that they, that they want access to lots, to as much like paper and documentation and stuff as before Tuesday for them to, yeah, do what you're saying, go into this room and like pour over the details. Well, I think they feel a little more confident. They seem to have put together a little law, lawyer hit squad that they're uh, very much. <laughs> like a good wife. Or what's that one that Megan's in? Suits. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. That's going to sort this all out and get her... The, yes. Is it of, enough though? Is the ERG backing t- on Tuesday enough to get this through? Probably not. No. Which there were there were rumours over the weekend that at, in Downing Street they're referring it to as as MV two and MV three. So it'll oh, be yeah, we love May's, an abbreviation. <laughs> May's May's vote. So this will be the second time it comes, mm. and I think the aim is if they can get down to, I reckon if they can get down to around. 30 40 mm-hmm. again like majority against yes then i think they'll think right we're we're close now and we're we, gonna do we it have, again we do it again they'll be an, they'll shoehorn another one in before, before the, end the end of, the, of month. the month okay and they'll think here we go but that would obviously i think that would definitely involve an extension anyway even if it was signed off okay. on just to get it through on this extension how long are we talking and 
and if it's so inevitable, why don't? Because we still have to get we still have to get permission from twenty seven countries in Europe to let us do this. And like from reading, I know we're going to talk about Macron a bit later, but they're not all kind of on our side to help us figure this out on our own on our own time frame, are they? So, is are we going to get it because of a de facto thing? Because Europe wants to avoid no deal, and if we are working towards an extension, should we not be deciding now what we want to do in the extension? Like, I just I, I don't know if I you know like when you get an extension on your coursework, and you still don't do anything until the night before. I just feel like maybe we're doing that. Yes, and I think that is the fear. And that's what the the EU have said on a number of occasions. We need you to have a plan. We're not just going to hand you an extension to your coursework for for the sake of it. We need to see that you need to show you're working out (laughs) that you've got you've got something. (laughs) You've got a plan, a project plan. But so, so what is in it? What what do we want the extension for? Just for her to win over more of her whenever more of the government whenever more cross-party reaching out and getting is it that is it just her, her time to like charm her I think if, if we were to ask Theresa May now and she was to be honest she would say it's to give time to get that deal sorted and get it ratified get everyone signed off on it yeah. and she would say that that's the number one plan the other aspect of it would be I think and maybe some of the ERG lot would say that it gives time maybe for more compromise from the EU. They might ah. think that there's, there's, there's chart, if it's extended a bit longer, the pressure's then really on. Because I, I don't see the EU wanting to extend it beyond the European elections, no, which no. are the end of May. Yeah. So really, that becomes the sort of... Well, we kind of don't want that either, do we? Because then there's all kind of nasty consequences for who may or may not end up being an MEP. Yes. Well, well, that's saying his name. Right? Yes. Um, the uh, And it means that we suddenly have to have a whole well, bunch of people who don't like have... Hiring people, it, it's, yeah, it's completely mad. Yeah. And, and again, it comes, I suppose, to taxpayers' money for just putting in a, the election, the ballots yeah, and everything exactly. together. So, and for something that they... We don't want to be a part of it. We don't believe in it. We want to be out of the blocks. We say you don't want to start electing people to be in it. That would be perverse. Exactly. So I think that becomes then the true... The the real deadline. The true deadline. Um, Oh, goodness. And yes, as you said, I think it's then a case of we need to get all the EU 27 signed off on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And remarkably, over the last two years, they have largely been one voice on the whole... They are so one voice. It's it's impressive. Yeah, but whose voice are they? Whose voice they're going to be? Merkel or Macron's? Uh, I think the Macron. The Merkel is on the way out. True, and he's all Macron about this Europe, is, the European Renaissance. So romantic. Yes, and I think it will be. It will certainly be interesting to take a step back when these discussions are done and mm. see what does happen. With, yes. with all the hierarchies, we'll be it, I think there'll be, there'll be a number, a number of leaders who might turn around and say, "Hang on a second, yeah, this has gone a bit, gone a bit far." Okay, fab. Just so we've got Jeffrey Cox and the wonderful Stephen Barkley there this afternoon. What do you? What are they going to come back with? <laughs> they. You're very good at following the tweets from inside the corridors of power in Brussels in a way that I'm not. So, what's the vibe? Like, what are we? What are they going to get? What's she going to? Because she's because Theresa's. Uh, we're going to be in the Commons on Monday, and she's going to share with MPs what her meaningful changes and adjustments and all that stuff to the deal is. Is that that's right, isn't it? Yes. So, what's she going to tell us? What's the spoiler? She is probably going to say that they have. So, so to go back, Jeffrey Cox originally um, looked at the language of Theresa May's deal. Yeah. And in private, to Theresa May said, there's a number of bits here that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And I am slightly fearful of the language in a legal aspect. Yeah. And that's where we then got the reports of being trapped and being locked into a backstop dramatic. that we can was, never, ever yeah. leave. And The Hotel California clause, I remember we called it on this podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so because I think he he now, it's it's all about if he comes back and he has changed his mind and he said actually we've gone over a few things we definitely have a way out then he I think manages to to Theresa May turns around and says and we hopefully we'll get to hear his nice booming voice you love his voice it's very similar to yours not not (laughs) so similar to mine um okay fine so all we so so truly we just need Jeffrey Cox to be convinced through his conversations with Barnier etc etc that there is that it's not that that, that what that, that that there is a clip that it can't be it can't last forever. I can't, yes. I can't even... So... That we can get out of it. I don't, I don't in, quite understand what... 
hint someone needs to say to reassure well, Jeffrey Cox? There is the 1986 Vienna Convention. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Is a welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Thomas. Yes, oh that, yeah, yeah. Um, it 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 pretty much means that it allows any party of a treaty to walk away from it. Okay. Now he has reportedly in private said this is a load of tosh previously, uh-huh. and that he doesn't really think there's much legal basis to it. But I think we're in the slightly ironic situation where he's going to have to come back and say this is this is this wording works. We can. We're okay. not going to be trapped. Um, because I, I don't see... I mean, we've had all sorts of silly... with Amendments, codicils, reports of bits added on. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, he will come back and say, either thumbs up, I I'm think I'm happy. I've got there. Mm-hmm. And then we, that's when it sort of spirals out into the, the different groups. That's mm-hmm. when the ERG lawyers then will look at tip from their Want angle. Want to see the notes. We'll have... Okay. Um, various parts of parliament saying okay yeah um but yeah i think i we really shouldn't be expecting much from no that's kind of been the the theme though hasn't it of these trips like i went to brussels and all i got was this lousy wording kind of thing t-shirt um okay fine i saw something and you can clarify this again like over the weekend because there was a kind of conspiracy or a rumor afoot that he had stopped asking about the backstop and that it was all just that it was all this kind of we were in like a play and he was kind of exiting stage left to talk about the backstop, but then actually wasn't. Is that? And then he had to go on Twitter and say he was. Is that right? Rumours, yes. <laughs> that I think, I mean, you can imagine, I, I can imagine them turning up because he, uh, he's been drafted in pretty much at the last minute. Yeah. He, and apparently he has voiced that he's not happy. He, he feels a bit like a sort of fourth choice option yeah. at this point. <laughs> but he, he's come in, he has now been thrust with these documents to get up to speed and say, uh-huh. okay, you have to find a way r- around this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can imagine going in, talking to Barnier and the negotiators, them saying, nope, we're not reopening this. Yeah. And then thinking, oh, well, I can't just leave the room now because the press are all outside <laughs> and they'll know that I've been in here for all of three minutes. So... I, yeah, I can perfectly imagine that he said, oh, okay, well, let's go to point 64 on my list and talk yeah. about something uh, people's okay. vote options or I, something completely... Just to feel that, yeah, okay. Because they're, yeah, Brussels have been super clear on their position. Like, they're not, the backstop in a form has to remain, doesn't it? It's for us to get our heads around it. Is that kind of... I think so. Yeah. And I think the, again, the, the language of being trapped doesn't sell it's, it to anyone and no. it doesn't help but if he can come back and he can say there are legal i mean there were talks yesterday about the operations in place to mm. get out so for instance the first protocol would be a group commissioned from some from britain some from the eu yeah. and they would discuss it and okay. then they would come up with a decision and then if you weren't happy with that you could then go to you could go to the european courts of justice but it would then have to be borderline human rights yeah <laughs> Probably not going to go that far, but and then it would go to independently appointed judges from Britain and EU, oh, okay. and I think they're going to need to come back with something that simplifies all of that into actually, if there are any grievances through this, we'll go to the UN or the WTO right. or if it's a trade specific thing, okay. and we will say okay, let's get full back on international law, yeah, because as we know from the whole process, it's not been simple and. I'm not sure we're just going to agree. It is anything far from simples, isn't it? To quote Teresa. For the first time ever on Brexit, the final countdown, we are joined by none other than June Mummery, the first lady of fishing, the Bodicea of Brexit, um, and also the owner of BFP Eastern and the vice chairman of the Lowest Off Fish Market Alliance. Hello, June. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Um... So we really just wanted to pick your brains, Jude, about kind of the state of play with Brexit. Um, how you think Theresa has handled it so far, what you think of the deal, how you think the end of March is shaping up. Um, and then we really want to also get your get your thoughts on this Stronger Together Fund and whether you should have, and I don't know if your region has um, been allocated any funding, but whether, like, I would just love to chat to you about all of that stuff, if that sounds good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fabulous. So, June, what do you think? How are you rating Theresa's negotiations so far? Diabolical, absolutely horrendous. Um, I think that she's, 
I, 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 at this moment in time with Theresa May, I think she's just like a headless chicken. I don't think she knows what to do, who to talk to. I don't think she's got any true friends. I think everyone has been quite unkind to her, but she's brought a lot of this onto herself. So <clears throat> at this minute in time, I think that she's she's lost. She's she's losing the fight. She if, if she gives away our biggest trading tool, which is taking the no deal off the table, then we might as well shut shop. That will be the end of Brexit as far as I'm concerned, because that is one thing we must keep. That is the one thing, that one tool she must hold hold strong. Um, but in an ideal world, yes, I'd love to leave without a deal and just let's, let's get on with things. I mean, what people have to remember is, Rebecca, is one important thing. 95% of businesses do not trade with the EU. That's your dog groomer, your hairdresser, car mechanic, fishmonger. They don't, there's the big, people are forgetting that important thing. Majority of people don't trade with the EU. A deal would be good, but Mr. Cameron asked for that deal in 2016 and they shut the door on him. So I think what's become now, I think they've made, they've, the, 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 the remaining politicians, government and, and different forces out there have made Brexit a very negative thing. When in fact, Brexit is an extremely positive thing. But there you are. You, uh, we, we have to move forward with things. We were just um, talking before you joined us about kind of the, the threat of this extension that might happen. So obviously, if her deal doesn't pass on Tuesday, we will get to vote and see whether we want to extend it or no deal. And obviously, it sounds like we know where you would put your money and what you would prefer. Um, how would you? How do you feel about her extending Brexit? Thomas, who's obviously our other guest on the podcast, was saying it would be just until the EU election, so we could kind of straighten all of it out. But how do you see that? Is that like a Brexit betrayal or? That shadow that is Brexit betrayal. We voted to leave on the 29th of March. Our government said that would happen. They all agreed to, to it. That would happen. To extend it now would be the, be ridiculous. You know, I'd rather. If her deal goes through, well, that's worse than actually being in the EU. But at the end of the day, if they extend that article, it's just defeated. She's making a laughing stock of my country, and I will and I will never ever forgive the Conservatives. I'm a member of the Conservative Party. I've paid up member, and I'm absolutely disgusted with the way they're treated people. So, no, we we have to leave without a deal. We need some clever person to come i mean you've got gina miller now delving in trying to find a way to do this well where's our gina miller so you've you pretty much said that you don't see that there's any there's no figure that you think is fighting the corner for for leaving on the 29th no no not no i don't think anyone's really fighting towards it you know i had big hopes for mr mogg but he seems to go on off the board and where's the great boris johnson you know where is he I mean, what's happened to him? I think he's planning I, planning I, a leadership I, I bit. Think, yeah. So what's happened to all these great future uh, prime ministers? You know, where are they? You know, it's taken silly little people like me and little teams all around the country that are fighting. And that's what I, that is the, the sad thing in this. I pay my taxes. I expect to go to work and make a living. And those guys in Westminster to look after me. But they're not because I'm having to fight my industry's corner. Do do you think that if I mean I, I know about the the no deal scenario the if, if they come through with the deal and the ERG lawyers that apparently are now going to have a look at it if they give it the thumbs up and they say this will tie us in briefly and we can then start the negotiation on things like trade that we wanted to talk about right back at the beginning and the EU didn't allow that maybe we can start to create a deal that was more of what everyone had in mind when the, f the referendum started. Yes, Tom. I mean, I mean, what can we do? I mean, I've talked to lots of people about this situation we're in now, and nobody seems to know. So we're going to have to go w w with that and then go back and start fighting our causes again. I'll represent the fishing industry with my team of experts, and that is what, what we'll have to do. In the meantime, let's hope that Theresa May don't... I mean... This bribery situation that she's now brought to the table, I mean, that is the low blow, in my opinion. In fact, uh, that to me was the final um, betrayal, is the fact that she's even trying to bribe uh, Labour. So I, uh, she's capable of anything, that woman, to, to get her deal through or to betray 
the people of this country. If um, Lowestoft in your region had had been a recipient though of one of these Stronger Together funds, would that would that have changed your mind? Like, would you have? Because you know, these are significant sums of money, aren't they, to help revive areas of the country that will lose out when we start use, losing kind of European investment from the EU. So, if, if would would that have changed your mind if there was a nice like two hundred twelve million quid coming your way? Right now, this is the biggest joke of all. Has Theresa May employed Diane Abbott? Because the figures have come through, because the figures have come through to my region. Now, she has offered £25 million to, the, to East Anglia, over six years, that is. But we have now got figures through for the fishing industry in Lowestoft. So when we take full control of the waters and the fish, a year, this is per annum, £130 million per year will come through Lowestoft's pierheads. Net to play, so that's from the fishing boat to the plate, that's worth £450 million per year. Now, either Diane Abbott's done these figures or, or there's something seriously wrong there. You know, and not just that. You see, look, Rebecca, what this boils down to is one job at sea is eight on land. And I've promised people, once we do take our fishing industry back, we can start rejuvenating towns all around East Anglia. So, in my opinion, Theresa May can stick our £25 million because we don't need it. What I want my leader, and I call her my leader, to do is take back control. And listen, I have begged to have a meeting with that woman. I begged her to come to Lowestoft for two, two years ago, This my, my email started. The only time I got a reply is when I actually joined the Conservative Party. And that's only because I wanted to do um, some canvassing down at Birmingham. So at the end of the day, no, this, this bribe that she's put through from the magic money tree, where the heck she's going to get this from, I don't know, is wrong. And, and, and some deprived areas out there, I get it. They might need it. And, and I hope. But in, in East Angular, we need the work. What they're gonna, the money will soon drift over six years. That's not vast amount. Twenty-five million quid. It's nothing. Especially, uh, but a job is for lot. Hopefully, for someone's work and life, is worth more money than you could ever give them. Because, yeah, again, I go back to the money and possessions. It's not all about that, Rebecca. It's, it's getting people back to work and giving people a chance. So, no, I still want to see her. I still want to help her with her arithmetic because obviously she's not very good at it. <laughs> So um, I think so many express readers want you to meet her as well. I can I think I can see a campaign. I can I can prove this. I I can prove that the fish is out there because the EU is catching it. The the figures I've given you and, and, and the things that I'm telling you guys today is fact. There's no you can't as much lipstick I want to put on anything. No, I have got the facts here for anyone to see. That if they gave me the tools, which is to work with my team in East Anglia, we will bring that industry back. Well, we're, I've just been allocated. This is the craziest thing. We've just been given £180,000 to do a feasibility stu- study in Lowestoft, which has started to be the renaissance of the UK industry. I've had backing from Mr. Go because he's obviously, we've had monies from there. And my MP is in charge of it. He's chairman. So in one breath, my MP, for example, is taking the money, we started the feasibility study, but he's backing her deal, which keeps my industry in the EU. What are they doing, Rebecca? They need a good sort out. I mean, George Eustace has just retired, uh, has just, I nearly said retired, has resigned. I mean, the, the man at the helm for me has just gone. Now, why? Because he knows something. He knows that there's something, he knows that we're the, the, the fishing industry, we're going to throw it back. You know, Rebecca, we wear the crown and we're throwing the emeralds and the diamonds over there. And that's not good enough. You said before about wanting to speak to Theresa May. Had, had the environment, had Michael Gove and his department and George Eustace, had they ever reached out? Or have they ever... I've, I had, Tom, I had a meeting two weeks ago with uh, the founder of uh, Fish and Believe, myself and my wingman, Paul. We went to DEFRA and met with three uh, people and they've become slothful. That's the word polite word I'll use is slothful because they've been too reliant on the EU. They've got no ambition. They've got no passion, no enthusiasm. You know, I sat there and I thought, what is wrong with you people? 
And and I and no, I have asked through some. I've, I've begged her. I mean, I, I must have a series of emails. I hustle it. And no, I mean, when has she ever really got off her backside and done a walkabout of the, of, of the UK, particularly? You know, when, when they've sat there in that ivory tower of hers, talking to civil servants, who not getting it right. I gave her, I sent her some wonderful emails to start with. You know, I know how tough things will be for. I, I even called her a woman with true grit at one point. I mean, what do you, because I was sucked in. We all were sucked in. We thought, no, oh, this woman's come along and she's did, she's, and, and she's really, you know, made us feel all confident. And gradually she's just let the thing slip right out of her hands. And I'm very, very disappointed with her. If you could, so if we could go back like two years, what, how would you like, how would you sort of have wanted this to go? Would, would you, who do you want at the helm? Michael Gove, Boris Johnson, like who, who would no, negotiate uh, and what yeah. would we have done? Well, Rebecca, look, now I've learned more about these people, so I wouldn't put any of those names. There's only one name for me, and, and I always get ridiculed for it. It's John Redwood. He's, ah. my choice. he's been my choice all along. He's an I mean, I, don't, I haven't done a lot of... Yeah, I, I just think he's now been made a sir, but he's still banging the drum. You know, lots of people said, oh, they, she's made him a sir because now he might toe the line. Oh, no, no. That guy's still fighting. Did you think her giving him the knighthood was was kind of as embarrassing as the um, the port barrel politics with the with the funds for the labour areas? Did you find that as embarrassing? Yes, I mean that's just that's just silly, silly little naive bribes that only come from a civil servant. You see, anyone they might have lots of times. Recently, I've spoken to different people. And I say, oh, he's very clever. He's very clever. Well, being clever doesn't mean you're streetwise. You know, and the majority of, of Great Britain are streetwise. We are, we are clever people. You know, they've underestimated the people of this great country. And I think that's what's happened. So you only have to read n- the news now to see that her, her bribe is, is, is out there. People know exactly what she's done. Um, but with Mr. Redwood, no, I knew he wouldn't be sucked in by her. I, I, I knew that he'd stand strong because he believes in Brexit. You know, he, he, he actually believes in it. So going back two years, I didn't even know who he was, to be honest with you. I'd heard, I'd heard his name, but obviously I've read different articles on him now. Going back two years, should have been a Brexiteer, Rebecca, but that don't. This is a debate that we've, we've had a few times here is, would it have been easier if we'd had a Brexiteer negotiating Brexit who then was responsible for kind of winning over Remainers rather than what we have is, which is obviously a remainer pretending to be a brexiteer trying to pacify remainers do you, do you know what i mean yeah well we definitely looking back we should but you know Theresa may sold it to us didn't she she done some good speeches at the beginning yeah it was all um, it was all good at the beginning <laughs> it was all good but gradually she's been dictated to by her her little whipping boy that um oh i forgot his name now see is that that he's that he stays in my head with 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 these civil servants ollie with Ollie. You oh, know, Ollie Robbins. Things to it. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Philip Bible. Hammond. I don't think he's a fan yeah, of Brexit well, he's either. he's another one. Yeah, he's another one. If you don't believe in something, Rebecca, that will never work in business. You know, people don't, people don't, if anyone that works for themselves out there, even people going to work and doing their day-to-day lives, you go to work and you enjoy it and, and, and you believe in it, you'll have a good day. You don't like your work or you don't believe in something, you'll have a lousy day. Yeah. That's what and, we say to Thomas all the time here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but at the end of the day you know I, I know there's a great future for the fishing industry in this country and I'm afraid my prime minister is taking that away from the people um I'm going to do everything in our pa- in my power and our team to to stop her so let's just hope she she takes stock and of, of what she's doing or let's hope the the, the, the votes that we're looking for are in favour for Brexit. I, I just wanted to ask on, on a sort of purely fishing level. We, cause I, I remember three, two, three years ago, right, we, we would write articles from Fishing for Leave and they would be sending us things every other day about this is what we need, this is our, what we've, our requirements. But it, I have noticed it seems to have gone rather quiet for the last couple of months or six months. Is, there, is that something just because people are feeling a bit, a bit down about the whole thing or is it... Has it just been people trying to bide their time? Tell me, we're working very hard with the fishing. We're now we're we're trying to do something at the moment to do some. I'd like to get some sort of protest on the boil. So we're looking at things like that. But you know what we have to remember: we have some of the richest fishing grounds in the world. The, the UK should be as profitable as as Faroe, Norway, and Iceland. And Tom, think about this: what other country 
would give away its ocean. It's pathetic. It doesn't even need to be to be talked about. Theresa May, as a, as a leader and her team behind her, should think, look, you know, we've come out. This is our ocean. This can create thousands of jobs. I mean, it will be bigger than the steel industry. And that's just on the figures we're, we're, we've got for the next few years. Um, so is that, is that based on, on having complete control of, of the allocated waters? Yeah, yeah, the okay. zonal attachment. Yeah. So, so do, you see, do you see Nigel Farage and his um, Brexit party? Yeah where, do you stand, yeah, where do you stand on that? Oh, I've joined up. Oh, I have ah. joined up. Can oh, you be yes. a Tory and a member of the Brexit party? Oh yeah. Well, I'm a little bit. Well, I am a little bit of a strumpet, Rebecca. You know, I I tend to. I like policies from different. I mean, liberal. Some of their policies I agree with. So I tend to. Um, I tend to take. I I I, I want a people party. You know, I really would like to see a, a party that represents the people of Great Britain. You know, not some EU or this or big powerhouses, just the average man and woman on the street. Because I think all men and women want out of their lives is to go to school, leave school, fall in love, get a job and work and have a few pounds in their back pocket. And the average man or woman is happy with that. And I love that. And if you can't have it, then you want hope. And if you can hope for something, then you tick along and that's the kind of party that this country needs we've lost our way as far as politics is concerned and i think nigel farage is um will 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 fight if we don't get our brexit that we that we would like as the country voted for then i think mr farage is the man to try and um get us back on track to get it june if you think brexit's going to help me find love i'm joining whatever i'm going to sign up as well um <laughs> um okay so we're so you're pro mr farage are you going to join his are you going to go on this march yes i'm, I'm looking i'm looking in that at the moment i think we we, we the, the fishermen will join him and march we won't have yellow vests we'll have yellow oil skins <laughs> <laughs> and off we'll go and march behind him no i think i think that's that's the right thing to do whether you're a whether it's you kip uh, Liberal, Labour, anything now, they should all join that march because Mr Farage has made that quite clear. This is a march for the people and he is a very good leader. And um, I think that will, that, 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 that just shows morale. You know, what, what people say, well, what will we get out of it? Well, I think we'll get out, out of it that we, we are together as a country and that's what I will get out of it. Um, the feeling, and I need it, Rebecca, because I'm feeling so deflated with it all. You know, every morning I... Do you think that's, yeah, kind of a general mood amongst Brexiteers? Is, oh, it's terrible. My fishermen are worried sick. My community where I live in Lowestoft are worried. You know, they've been so excited for the last two years. And um, at the moment, you know, that that's sitting in one woman's hands, what she could do. And the best thing that I think she should do is resign. You know, put her hands up and say, look, I don't know, I can't do this. I would have to. I was running a t and, and I can't believe she hasn't done that yet. She isn't capable of doing the job. And if, if she did that, I think the general public now would think more of her for, for being honest. But, yeah, we are feeling deflated. So I think a good old march. I want to march. Do it all good. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any idea what sort of numbers are expected? No. No, that'll be interesting to find out. I, I, we'll rally the fishing industry together, but I do think it'll be a big march. I mean, he is, um, people like Nigel, no, no matter, you know, I mean, obviously they don't particularly like them in in the EU and at the moment. But yes, people will follow Nigel because he's, he's honest. He's an honest guy, you know, he's just done the right thing. And like I said, I've been to Brussels, I've seen how it operates, I've only been there for a couple of days, but that was enough for me. I had to get out. I felt I felt consumed by it all. And, and and it wasn't a good place to be. And I look at it like this with people like Nigel Farage and all the guys that decided to leave. They could have stayed over there for the foreseeable future, got a good wage, fantastic pension at the end of the day. But no, he's fought all those years to, to leave. Do you do you think he should have done more in the meantime, in the last two years? Do you think he should have taken a more active role in in the negotiations? I, I think I think Nigel was burnt out, to be honest with you, Tom. I feel like that's... I mean, look how long he's been fighting and he had lots of different threats against his family, etc. So 
I think he need for health reasons, I think he done the right move. I think someone obviously he's got a friend out there who probably said to him that, you know, Nigel, your health. And I saw him a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, and he's looking really good, actually. I thought he well, looked really well. I assume he's in training for this March, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks really good. He looks really well and he's very optimistic. And and he's always the thing with Nigel is he he's um he's always happy. He's always got a smile on his face. You never really see him hear him being that abusive to anybody. Um and he takes and stick that guy. So and I think people like that. He's a nice person. That was a lovely eulogy to him, June. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He, he is. Well, for a long time, he really spoke for our readers, didn't he? He did. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it all goes wrong and we end up having a second referendum, what's going to happen in Lowestoft? Well, that's it, Rebecca. There's, if there's a sep- well, to be honest with you, a second, a second referendum. Well, I, I personally think if there was one, Leave would win again. We've we've actually there's been discussions here where we've been trying to think what could happen, and there was an idea for a while that there could be a second referendum, but it would only be leave options. So, for instance, it would be no deal, Theresa May's deal, or sort of going back in a, another version of Brexit. Well, like a softer Brexit, yeah, think, like a Norway. Um, and I I just wanted to know where you would stand on something like that. Do you think if if we look like we're getting to an extension and maybe May's deal, would would something like that be something we could get behind? I think that if there was a referendum of those on the ballot form, I think no deal would win. And we would pr- promote that. I think no deal would win, hands down. I, I, I talk to lots of people not and different views. And I think there's a lot of people now who voted Remain who won't admit, who would not admit this, but they probably think we should go... Because you only have to listen to what how the EU have bullied us. They've done they've done nothing but bully from the and they had to. I get that. I mean they've played a really good card that EU. Very very clever negotiations. A strong team over there, um, and they have bullied us. And they had to do that because other countries would would have followed suit. I mean you've got to look at it, Greece, Italy. They're all about to to crumble. I mean look at Macron today, because he's failing. He's had to blame us. The, the, the signs are there and if you really analyse things and look at why people do things you'll see it's because they fail what a statement to come out today from Macron why but to blame that why didn't he blame it two years ago no he's blaming that because his own country is failing but our country is looking at the on the bright side and that is what the, the people of the country should get behind this is a great opportunity for, for Great Britain. And there's been certain people out there who's really tried to destroy that and shame on them. I love your spirit on this. This is you're, you're the uplifting voice of reason that I think everyone needs because it does just feel like a very divided, kind of worn down time at the moment, like across the, whether you're across the spectrum, don't you think? You know, at the end of the day, I drive a German car. I've got, I, I love French handbags. I wear Chanel number five. I like a nice glass of French wine. I'll still, I'll still buy those things and they will still sell those things to me. I mean, if someone asked me yesterday, well, if we take all the fish, June, who's going to buy it? The EU will buy it because they've got massive big factories that need that fish. Otherwise, they will close and people will lose their jobs. This is so simple what has happened here. Trade is between people, Rebecca. And they've turned Brexit into a trade talk. We, we shouldn't even be talking about trade. Well, we should have been talking about trade two years ago. You know, really, at the top, we should have left and for these last two years uh, talk trade. Another thing that, that hasn't been publicised is Article 24. If we, if, if, if we encompass that now, if we trigger Article 24, that gives us two years to start trade talks. They haven't spoke about that. There's lots of different things we've always seen is, is, oh, it's bad, it's bad, oh, it's bad. And, and, and to, to, to the majority of people in the country, I don't think they think it's bad. I think they've been brainwashed. Um, and I, I, I think that's very sad. I think that really is, is, a, is a naughty thing to do to your country, how a government can sit there and lie like they do. And that's what's scary about this more than anything, that those people in, in Westminster are elected by the people. Not by big businesses. The people did them into their jobs. So when they talk about the big businesses, that's not about them. It's about the people 
and democracy. And they've lost their way. They think they're bigger than the rest of the UK. That little, little the Westminster guys think that. So, The interesting thing I've taken from what you've been saying is, so when you were saying about the Brexit party, Tory party, how you sort of always, you, you like picking and choosing bits from different groups. It's, I think, I think looking back, we might say that that was the biggest error at the beginning was not having a cross-party yeah, yeah. team effort yes. where we actually look across the house. I mean, there's not, I don't want to do anyone down, there's not great options at the moment for negotiators out of the MPs available, but we could have widened the pot and had, we could have had a couple of nego- of the team who maybe were Remainers. You could have maybe had Ken Clark, who was very yeah. much. Yes. I don't think yeah. this is a good idea, but I think he, mm. he he's the sort of person who's been in long enough that he'd have looked at it and said, "Hang on, they're taking you for a ride here, or you need to take a step back." And I, because I think we we at, right back at the beginning there was too much was dictated by the EU's line. They said, "Right, we're going to spend these two years." on this withdrawal agreement, which wasn't even a thing anyone spoke about three years ago. I think it... And, no, you're exactly right, Tom. And, exactly, you're, you're exactly right, Tom. You're hit the nail on the head there. We should have done that. In, in hindsight, we should have pulled someone, a, a, a team. They should have had a team in there. And that's how I, I would have done it, because you're, a nor- because you're a normal, rational person, Tom, obviously. And that's how I would look at it. You know, if you, if you plan a wedding people have wedding planners because they not don't know what sort of wedding cake to have or wedding dress and you ask people's opinion you know anything we're not sure of you do pull people in who knows about it and that is what I would have done I'd, the first person I'd have pulled in is Nigel Farage but they won't do that because that's be, because the guy knows the, the EU like the back of his hand so I would have pulled different people in from Labour, Liberal a good team and that would have worked but, but she did they didn't you know, they thought they were bigger. The civil servants took control, and the EU have dictated everything. The EU have been. I think. I think at the beginning, I think it. I think Theresa May and her little group saw it as they can make it there. It can be a Brexit, and it can be her flag of this is what Theresa May has done. Her, leg- her legacy. Her legacy. Yeah. And yeah, actually, yeah, I think now, if she was completely honest, she would say. Yeah, I really wish I'd not. <laughs> I wish I'd opened this up because she, there was no yeah. need for her to make it a. The, the Tory party could very well be tainted with this for the next fifty years, and oh, she, without doubt, she didn't yeah. need to make it a a party political yeah. issue. So no, no, no. You're that, Tom. I agree with everything you've just said. That 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 is is, is how it is. But let's face it. You know, she could still do that. She if she walked away now, or Listen, she hasn't listened to the people. Defra hasn't listened to my industry, and that is what go that, that that all. I mean, since 1972, there's been so many things wrong in my industry. Let's take electric fishing. My wingman Paul Lines and I, and I working with the French, have just basically banned this. That's a 10-year science that our government didn't even look at. That was only, we've only now just done our own science with CFAS. Because Paul and I have been lobbying and banging on to him for the last three years to do this. And when that get uncovered, the, the, what they've done in, in our ocean, that will be devastating. But they don't listen to, to people anymore. To, in, industries, to work with an industry, you have to listen to them. Because they've, they've been listening to the EU. Well, your Michael Gove said he was tired of experts. So I don't know who anyone's been listening to. <laughs> He's not an expert. Not, on, not on he's not. Certainly not. No, he's not. He's not an expert. He's another one that I've been asking to see. I, I emailed him yesterday. Keeps bobbing me off. I need to see the guy. I need to talk to him. Well, why don't they talk to people who work in the industry? I represent 140 fishermen on the east coast, Rebecca, and and they and those men have got wives and families who need to be fed. You know, the, the, the population of my town want that industry back that we were built on. We are a designated fishing port. The fish is there. We can catch it, sell it and make. And we don't want this billion or the 25 million bribe we're being offered. And, that, and let's face it, that bribery money is all for Labour's benefit. I mean, she's bribing. It's a bribery to Labour. The constituencies for leave or Labour bound. So she's sugarcoating that again. But who's telling her to do these things? I mean, who is actually, 
that worries me to think there's someone who's that stupid to do that. <laughs> well, it almost worked with the DUP, didn't it? So uh, <laughs> she's just finding another billion to ease us all along. But, yeah, we can stand on our own two feet. My industry can. All we ask for is for them to do the negotiations. You're just taking back our ocean. That's it. Simple. We, 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 that's all she has to do. We're not going to ask her to gut fish or go out and take the trawler out to sea, are we? Or to come in and, and, and work in a fish and chip shop. We're asking her just to do her job is to just say, right, that's ours. We can have it back, please. You've had it for 40 years. We want it back. End of. That's like a neighbour, isn't it? They borrowed your lawnmower and you don't go around and get it back. <laughs> well, Arthur, if she don't want to get it back, then let us go get it. But we will, we want it back and we will fight to the end to take back that one industry, which will create thousands of jobs. I'm sure there's other industries out there exactly the same as what I am, I'm, I'm, Rebecca. But, but they don't have yeah. you, though, do they? That's the difference. But that, that's, that's, that's sad. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, um, I don't know, I still think something's going to, I still, oh, I'm still hopeful something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. I just feel it in the water. <laughs> that's a we'll positive see. note that yeah. is a positive we'll note see. to end it on okay so you think despite it being a pretty de- depressing two years you think there's still a reason to be cheerful and then it it, it, we st- it might still work out reasons to be cheerful one two three you're just gonna come out and song that <laughs> I, 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 I've got a good feeling um that this the people of this country there's one thing I what I would like to take out as a positive thing is I've seen my country be strong you know, I've I've been to different places and chatted to people, and we are still Great Britain. But that lady's trying to take the great out of that, and and that's what saddens me. We are Great Britain. Let's not lose the great. And say if we'd have stayed in that in the EU, we would have been Britain. But we want to be Great Britain, and <laughs> that is what that is what I think will come out at the end. The truth will prevail, Rebecca. <laughs> That is fabulous. And, and so will you, but, I'm sure. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Our future. My goodness, what a tour de force. That was incredible, wasn't it? I'm very impressed. She's uh, <laughs> she's very passionate about the fish and yeah, yeah. and about how it will affect, I think, uh, normal working people. Yeah, just that is actually the voice of, of a lot of frustrated voters, I think, isn't it? So it's good to good to hear. Um Thomas, oh, what is gonna happen? We I've so in in a silly way to try and simplify it, I think we if you if you take a boxing ring and you have Theresa May in the middle, mm-hmm. I think we have in one corner the ERG that we spoke about earlier, and there were twenty that voted against Theresa May's deal last week. Of those twenty that she's probably looking thinking, I'm not going to win any of those over. But a large swathe did turn around including the Reese Moggs and the Bill Cash, and say, okay, we'll give her a chance to see what they can come back with. Now, that is a huge change in tone from where they've been before. Really recently, like this is a, this is a sea change, to use a, <laughs> a fishing and, well, there was even, phrase. At the vote, when they went to vote, there was even a talk that apparently Bill Cash was standing in the lobby around them saying, what are we doing? As oh a, as a, and apparently had his hands out saying, what, like, we need... But like this podcast we need guidance <laughs> um so i think there's some that you will never change there's the lawyers now who will look at it and hopefully give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down and they'll be clear and then i think we've got the eu saying there's been no progress with barnier on friday reiterating the line that we're not just going to extend it for no reason the in Labour, I suppose, are in another corner who have now come out about the second referendum. McDonald's all about it, isn't it? Very enthusiastic. They've, they've said that they want, if Theresa May's deal passes, they want to be able to go back and say May's deal or remain yeah. would be on their option. Is that what Tony Blair was saying on Sunday as well? What was his, that was, yeah, like yeah. there's no point in hard or soft, so we should just do it again. Yeah. Um and then the interesting bit in the other corner that I think weirdly people are putting some hope in is Martin Selma, who mm. is uh, Juncker's right-hand man and the sort of chief civil servant. Right. Uh, but he, he, he has been referred to as the monster and he has been very anti-UK in the whole Brexit process. Right. But 
he is one of the few European men of power in this scenario negotiations who has a bit of creativity the the whole idea has been along that the doggedness of the eu and the single-mindedness where they've said no yeah and it's been very very formal they've said we're working through these stages if you want to go skip stage two Mm. we have to go back to stage one and then they've just stuck by it um and is that him is that his doggedness no so he he rather he managed last year to sort of quite quickly get into a role that a lot of people turned around and said, hang on, has he fairly been voted in? Or has he... people felt about you and your new role. Has he he worked in the background, (laughs) behind the scenes? Yeah. Uh, And so, actually, the creativity he showed there is probably the exact thing that, despite being public enemy number one for a while, I think Theresa May is actually looking to... He's now joined the negotiations with Fox. Is he there this afternoon? Yes. To, I think try and come up with the creativity that will be needed to turn back to Parliament and say, ah. We've got this. We've we've got it sorted. Gosh, I can't... A backstop-specific creativity or broader the notion of the deal creativity? I think a way to sell the backstop. Right, okay. Um, because I think... I, I, they're not budging on the It's backstop. there, it's... Yeah. So I think it has now become a PR exercise in how do we convince people... This is not a trap. It's not and a trap. You can check out. Yes, you you can leave whenever you want, mm. but not whenever you want. No. <laughs> if, <laughs> that's, if that <laughs> if that sums it's a, it's a, it's a sunk, succinct summary of it all. Um, oh God, on we go, Thomas. Have you enjoyed being on the podcast? I have very much. So. You've been a hasn't, hasn't he been me. wonderful? Producer Packwood is nodding, and I think June was quite taken by you. <laughs> You, well, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully we'll get her on the march. Get her on the march, yeah. yeah. Not in her French, no, her French hat, wielding her French hat bag. Um, okay, so we will we are reconvening on this podcast next Tuesday. So this is that is the day of the vote. So hopefully we would have had Theresa would have come back from Brussels, told us all what the plan is. We'd have hopefully had some Selmayr creativity to sell it to everyone, and we could so we could have a, we could have this time next week. Well, yeah, this time next week we could be on the eve of of Brexit. All be done and dusted. What will we do on this podcast? I'm sure there'll be <laughs> plenty to uh, to be going on with, but and we'll have to take the podcast to the on the march. Yeah, we'll have to go on the march. That's <laughs> going to be a lot of yeah flat shoes. Um, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. That was a hoot. Thank you for listening to Brexit: The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.